Purdue is still in control of the Big Ten race even after its loss Saturday to Indiana. What lessons are learned by the Boilermakers and could Purdue have an even better handle on the conference at this time next week? Let's talk hoops with Mike Carmen on Gold and Black Radio and another big week in offseason football. We'll bring in Tom Deanhart. But first, this. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bet will be boosted. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Gold and Black. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Gold and Black. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. All right, Carm, the Boilermakers uh, lose on Saturday at Indiana, Purdue's second loss of the season. Purdue has a big week coming up Thursday against Iowa. Purdue will then travel to Northwestern over the weekend. Uh, what's your big takeaway for Purdue after the loss at Indiana? Well, you got to take care of the ball. That's number yeah. one. I mean, they they got themselves in a bad position again. Second year in a row, they've had double-figure turnovers in the first half at IU, and last year they came back and lost on a last-second shot. But, you know, this year they came back again. Uh, I don't believe they ever had the ball with a chance to take the lead that I think they had the ball at least once with a chance to tie, but you know, they just put themselves in a bad spot with the turnovers and, and if they'd had some shots go down, excuse me, earlier in the second half, maybe it'd have been a different game, but um, you know, I, I think they're okay. I mean, there's, there was nothing going into the game that led you to believe that they, this was going to happen. And Coming out of the game, I, I don't think there's an alarm bell here. I think we all knew at some point they were going to lose again, and they probably will lose again before we hit the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think they're in good shape. Um, they obviously have to clean up some things. Uh, you know, defensively, a little bit of an issue when a team puts 50 points on you in the first half. Yeah. But – you know, some of those were runouts. Some of those were caused by turnovers. I mean, if you look at their two losses, uh, Indiana scored 20 points off turnovers and Rutgers scored 18 points off turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an extremely high amount. And yeah. and if you can keep every turnover to a dead ball turnover, I think you'd be in better shape. But that, uh, that doesn't always happen. So th- there has to be a better attention to detail. And then you compound Saturday missing free throws in the first half some front ends of one-on-ones. Uh, 
it just it just added to the fuel. And you know, Indiana had a lot to play for, and uh, they they took advantage of all that. And you know, I think Indiana got a little bit more consistent scoring help around Trace Jackson Davis as opposed to Purdue. You know, Zach Eadie had monster numbers, but he also had five turnovers. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't get that consistent scoring help that uh, that, that I think Indiana got to to help their star. Yeah, that's sort of how the game at least I thought it would play out that the two big guys would sort of cancel each other out a little bit. And, and, you know, they probably did to some respect and it would be the others who would win the game or lose the game for, for either team. I agree with you that, you know, I'm not hitting any panic button after a loss Purdue still controls a lot of what it wants to control the big 10, uh, the, the possibility of getting a, a one seed in the NCAA tournament, all that is still out there in front. The two freshmen, you know, guards probably hadn't quite played in that kind of environment. Obviously, Michigan State is a tough place to go and play, but this seemed a little bit different, right? I mean, Indiana was really geared up for this game, probably needed to win it more desperately than Purdue needed to win it, if that makes sense. What do you think those two freshmen learn going forward? You know, it's about, you know, it's about taking care of the ball. And, you know, even though they didn't, you know, Braden Smith had one turnover and it came late. Um, I, I, you know, you watch the game and painter said this afterwards about IU, he goes, it looked like they were hitting a bunch of three pointers, but when you look at the stat sheet, they, yeah. they, they made four. And, you know, when I look at like Braden Smith's game, when you watch it live, it didn't seem like he, he played that well. Now you go look at the numbers. He had six assists, one turnover, three steals. So he did play well. He didn't shoot well. He was one for eight. He missed a couple free throws, which he normally doesn't do. Uh, but I thought Indiana's defense kind of took Purdue out of its offensive rhythm. Yeah, uh, they, they were very aggressive. They were, they were in their grill. Um, you know, it forced Purdue kind of out of what it wanted to do offensively where in the first half it got to the point where Purdue's best offense was just trying to get a shot up on the glass so they could offensive rebound, which they did very well. That was their best offense in the first half. And, you know, and the freshman guards, you know, they, they played well this year. I, I don't think collectively they had their best game when you look at everything, when you go beyond the numbers, but, you know, their, their main reason why Purdue is ranked number one, their main reason why Purdue leads the Big Ten, their main reason why Purdue remains a strong candidate to get to the Final Four, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, no one's going to admit, although Zach Eady did a little bit, that maybe the environment played a role early in the game, but no one's really going to admit that they were – they didn't handle it well. They just – players and coaches don't do that a whole lot. But they'll be better for it. They'll – you know, they, they've, they've held up all year and there's no reason to believe that this is a start of a trend. Now their opposing teams may look at the film and try to attack Purdue the same way, but if that's not how you play defense, then it's, it's not going to work. Uh, you know, a team like Maryland will, will get up in their grill like they did here at Mackey arena. But, you know, I, I think those two guys will be fine. And, you know, Fletcher got his shooting game going a little bit there in the second half. And, um, and again, uh, I think those guys will be will will be okay as we as we get through the rest of the season. Purdue still has a two game lead in the loss column on Rutgers, uh, three games on on pretty much everyone else in the Big Ten who is tied at seven and five. Uh, 
this will be a pretty telling week. Rutgers has a, a difficult schedule here. They have a difficult schedule this week, and then it really lightens up uh, in, in the Scarlet Knights' last six games of the season. But Rutgers this week at Indiana and at Illinois. Uh, Purdue has Iowa at home and then and then at Northwestern. I mean, if Purdue takes care of business and if you assume Rutgers won't be able to sweep both those road games, Purdue would be set in pretty good shape a week from now. Yeah, you're back to where you were at the start of last week. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what's happening in the Big Ten right now. Number two through number 12 are just, you know, beating a, beating each other up so much that Purdue's going to win this league by multiple games. This is not going – this is not going down to the last weekend, yeah. in my opinion, and it shouldn't. And, you know, from Purdue fans' standpoint, the best payback for Saturday is clinching the Big Ten title when Indiana comes to Mackey Arena you know, late, later this month, that would be the best medicine for Purdue fans to get, you know, <laughs> to, to do that. Now, whether it lines up like that, you know, no one knows, but this is a, you know, I, we saw how Purdue responded after its loss, even though it, it got down at Ohio state and came back and won. I, I, I fully expect this team to rebound and you, you just let the carnage below you take care of itself. <laughs> and, it, and, and it and it will. I mean, I, yeah. it, as you said, I it's very difficult to to think that Rutgers can win two games this week. Now, yeah. can they win one? Yes, but I, I'd be very surprised if they won two. Uh, and if they do, credit to them. All all power to them. But you know, Purdue by next Sunday has an opportunity to still have a probably a more comfortable lead than they have this week. And it, it's just a matter of time before I, I think they clinch this thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if Rutgers does somehow go 2-0, then they might be able to hang in there in the race a little bit because uh, their their schedule does get a lot lighter over the last few weeks of the season. But winning those two games on the road, man, that would be uh that'd be a pretty big ask. You know, well, it'd, be, be, it'd, be, it'd be huge for them, not only in the Big Ten, but in the NCAA conversation. Yeah. They, they, they potentially then would move into a top 16 seed, you know, get a better draw maybe get to play closer to home type of yeah. thing. So for them, I mean, and in reality, it would help the big 10 if another big 10 team emerged as a get to the second weekend type of team. Yeah. Right now, I think you only look at Purdue as a team that you think can get to the second weekend. I don't, I don't know if any other of those big 10 teams that are going to make the tournament, you know, can get to the second weekend right now. Indiana would be a strong candidate for that. But they, the Big Ten needs a, a little bit more from these middle teams to to kind of push themselves into the NCAA tournament and and through that first weekend. Yeah. You know, one big takeaway from the game on Saturday, I thought, was just some of the leadership shown by uh, some of Purdue's veteran players after that game. And I think the big moment uh, that obviously you saw, you were there and, and sort of part of that conversation a little bit, uh, I think, with the question – um, you know, just with Zach Eady sort of taking over, over the microphone. This is a good, this is a team that, you know, from Mason Gillis to Zach Eady to, to David Jenkins Jr. does seem to have a little bit something in terms of, uh, of guys who want to say the right thing and show some leadership. No, that was, um, that was a good moment, uh, to see. And I, I don't think Zach Eady's message was to, I don't think he was, scolding the media i think he was just telling Braden, like listen that was one play in a play of 500 in the game 
and it didn't cost us the game. Right. You know, and Zach pointed out his five turnovers. Uh, and, you know, and Braden really wasn't specifically asked about the turnover per se. I did ask him what he was looking at on that play, which I think is a very fair question. Right. And uh, same thing you would ask a quarterback if he had a red zone interception late in the game. It's like, what were you looking at? Who did you see? And he, he explained it. He was fine. I think Zach's message was to, to Braden and Zach's message was to his teammates, you know, to say, let's not focus on this one play because Purdue lost this game in the first half. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no getting around that. I mean, that's, that's where they lost this game and credit to them for coming back, which we, we knew they would, but yeah, it's, it's good leadership on Zach's part, good leadership across the board. You know, that's what makes this team different than some of the other teams is that they do care for each other. They do, they do enjoy playing for each other. Uh, they seem to be, all on the same wave, wavelength on and off the court. And that's something I think will serve them well this week as they, as they bounce back from what happened Saturday. Yeah. Thanks, Carm. Excellent job on your debut on our little Monday <laughs> podcast here. Well, may, maybe my last time, who knows? But <laughs> happy, happy, happy to join you and uh, share whatever uh, mindless, numbless thoughts I have. <laughs> There you go. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll bring in Tom, talk a little football that's coming up next. This is Golden Black Radio. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Dissolve your limitations and experience a deeper connection with your mind and body through a series of wellness workshops. Join Sand Valley for curated weekends that provide an opportunity to detach yourself and develop new tools that will change your life. Sign up today to discover new ways to speak to your body. To reserve your stay, call 844-277-0191 or visit sandvalleypursuits.com front slash events. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. Easton Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. All right, Tom, a lot to uh, talk about uh, with the Boilermakers in football. Uh, Some of the guys that are moving on to the NFL have played in uh, all-star games here recently. Aiden O'Connell, Payne Durham, Jalen Graham here over the last uh, several days. It seems like, and there's been a lot of chatter, particularly about Payne Durham, and maybe mm-hmm. some of the the progress that he's made or the eyeballs that he has had on him. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, too, it seems like, um, 
you know, has had a pretty good last month here leading into his game as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what you saw out of those guys? Yeah, Payne Durham, Kyle, I think helped himself the most of any of these Boilermakers who played in all-star games. And again, Payne was in the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, the premier college all-star game. And Aiden O'Connell and Jalen Graham took part in the East-West Shrine Bowl, uh, which took place in Las Vegas. Uh, but yeah, Payne Durham, boy, anybody that was in Mobile, I think, uh, is in agreement that he was the most impressive tight end down there. He's been lauded by some as has one of the five or ten guys who, you know, quote unquote, helped themselves the most. Uh, yeah, Payne, nothing new to us, right? He showed great catching ability, a real knack in the red zone. Uh, I think the big key for him, Kyle, when we move on to the combine, is going to be how fast is Payne Durham? Well, what's his yeah. 40 time, right? That, that's going to be the big rub with him. Uh, you know, we always say this. Watch the tape, Kyle. Watch the tape. Don't get <laughs> caught up in the underwear Olympics, as they call them. We know some teams will, but Payne Durham's a productive guy. And, yeah, Aiden O'Connell, too, Kyle. He started the Shrine Bowl. Didn't do that great in the game. But in the practices leading up to the game, all reports are that Aiden O'Connell looked pretty good. The game itself doesn't matter all that much. It is the practices. I know a lot of people yeah. have had this debate about, well, why – Aiden Connell played in the, the all-star game, but he didn't play in the bowl game. It's because it's, it's the practices with all the scouts leading yeah. into the game itself. The game itself doesn't really matter all that much. It's the opportunity to practice and be in, you know, be a one-on-one -on -one with some, some NFL scouts and have those guys be able to talk to you and, you know, show your arm off uh, in front of those guys and all of that, that matters more than anything else. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's just like when we go out to buy a product. We want to know the most about that product as we can, and that's that's the NFL scouts. And they can press the flesh more, talk to you, see you in workouts and practices. No, there's pressure too, right? I mean, as a player, you, you know all these eyeballs are on you, and how, how do you perform and handle that stress too, you know? And it, it tells, tells scouts and NFL teams a lot. So, again, uh, and, and Aiden O'Connell is what he is. I think the consensus, he can spin it. We all knew he can, know he can throw the football. He's very accurate. He's cerebral. He's calm. But we all know his, his limitations physically. And that's going to be interesting to see what NFL teams think. I think he is going to get drafted, Kyle. It seems like he sets the trend right now, maybe mid to late round guy, just because he can throw the football. So, it's going to be fun watching him go through the process. He's not going to be at the combine, Kyle. There are going to be four Boilermakers there. Uh, you're going to have Payne Durham, obviously, and Charlie Jones on offense. And on defense, you're going to see Jalen Graham and Corey Trice in Indianapolis as well. Now, now uh, Jones and, and Trice did not play in their All-Star games? Correct. Uh, they, had, they had invitations to the Senior Bowl, and they did not take part in the festivities and workouts in Mobile. I haven't got confirmation as to why they didn't. It's probably one of two things. Either one, they were hurt, or two, their agents didn't want them to. But those are two very interesting NFL prospects. Kyle, if you were to ask me of the four guys at the Combine, and even throwing Aiden O'Connell, the Boilermaker, I think, maybe with the best pro potential of all is Corey Trice. Yeah. yeah he certainly has the size uh, and, and some of the other attributes that you want out of a cornerback there's no doubt about that six foot three 215 pound cornerback in the national football league just about five positions nfl teams cherish 
yeah. quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, and, and cornerback. Yeah. And uh, he's he's obviously in, in one of those spots and um, played at a high level. And it's going to be interesting to see how he runs in Indianapolis. Uh, he's a guy I think it's going to be very uh, – the NFL team is going to be, be very intrigued to get a closer look at Corey Trice, I think. Details released last week of uh, Ryan Walter's contract. Anything stand out to you on that? Um, nothing's nothing significant. I think a four million dollar base five year contract. Kyle, uh, he's due to get fifty thousand dollar raises each of the five seasons. He's got a one and a half million dollar performance bonus pool. Uh, his his salary pool for assistant coaches is five and a half million dollars. It was slated to be four point six million for Jeff Brom this coming year. And again, nothing. I, I think it's a solid contract for a guy who's never been a head coach before. I think people I've talked to after this was approved by the board of trustees last Friday, would I think all are in that agreement, people on Walter's side and people on Purdue's side. So, so I think it's a nice contract and Kyle, the assistant coaches have yet to sign their contracts. I'm told three assistants are going to have three year contracts, mm. both of your coordinators, Graham Harrell and Kevin Kane told Corey Patterson, the associate head coach, receivers coach is going to have a three year deal. And everybody else is going to be on a two-year deal, two-year deal, Kyle. And I'm also hearing that Purdue may have its first million-dollar assistant coach in Graham Harrell. So I'm trying to confirm oh. confirm that. But that would be a new threshold for Purdue. And Kyle, I'll be honest with you, threshold. I'm surprised Purdue's already there. A lot of a lot of schools already have million-dollar head coaches. Some have two million-dollar. I mean, assistant coaches, I should say. But Purdue uh, looks like they may have a, their first million-dollar assistant coach. Stay tuned. Uh, it's going to come out sooner or later, but that, that, that's rumblings that I'm hearing right now. Long gone are those one-year assistant football contracts, huh, Tom? I mean, that, <laughs> it yeah. seems like just yesterday, but that, you know, those things are gone. Yeah, you've seen the evolution of all that. But when you've when yeah. been covering the team for years, the Fred Akers era, I think, soured the university on multi-year assistant coaching contracts. And that's, that's prohibitive in building and retaining the staff, right? Yeah, and you, and you saw that play out with all the attrition Joe Tiller suffered. So, yeah, Purdue Purdue's moved way past that, obviously. All right, let's talk a little bit of signing day. It was last Wednesday. Uh, Purdue added five guys. Pretty pretty good haul for what uh, is the the spring signing day. Of course, the one that got away, Kendrick Gilbert decided to sign uh, with Kentucky. He had taken a visit there late and decided to flip. Uh, sort of what last day really uh, on signing day, but Montreal Dean, the athlete, Armand Branch, mm-hmm. wide receiver, cornerback, Derek Rogers, the same positions as a Walker and offensive tackle, George Burhan, who was a holdover from the fall, the tight end signed with Purdue. Uh, what do you think about that group uh, that decided to, to add to the others who had signed uh, in December? Solid group, Kyle. Remember they got 12 back in December. You said they had five in this uh, February window, you, you named them all there. I think they wanted to get some guys who are versatile athletes. They did so with Dean and Branch, obviously, and Rodgers. Um, what position are Branch and Rodgers going to play? Kyle could be cornerback, could be receiver. Mondrill Dean could be an edge rusher. I'm told he could maybe even be a tight end. Talked about the junior college offensive tackle. I think he's going to obviously be an immediate a uh, guy that helps you in your depth chart, maybe your third as your third or fourth tackle, and then you know George Byrne. You know, don't don't discount that. I'm I'm told that he was close to going to Louisville, Kyle. 
Remember, he was a guy that had been committed like Kendrick Gilbert since the summer. Yeah. Didn't sign in December, just like Gilbert. But unlike Gilbert, he ended up coming into the fold for Purdue. So credit Ryan Walters' crew for keeping, you know, George in the fold and getting his signature. He's an interesting, he's an interesting athlete, a big six-five guy tied in who could end up being a real asset, a real good track athlete. So again, I think Louisville almost got him, but Purdue was able to get his signature. And you know, with Kendrick Gilbert, Kyle, from what I hear, that that may have been come down to an NIL deal. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say. It's the University of Kentucky NIL. I'll let everybody else connect the dots there. Um, it's unfortunate you would have loved to have gotten a four-star defensive tackle from Cathedral. Didn't happen, but again, I think in a short period of time, Ryan Walters looks like he was able to add some some players you could end up maybe helping him. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, Please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show for this Monday. For Brian Newbert and Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. This is Golden Black Radio.